Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, welcome back to the Dungeon Dragons Lorecast. Hello. Well, hello. I'm your host, the Almighty Crit, and joining me is my fellow host, Sergio. With my Sergio chair, my Sergio racer. We had one imported Ooh, yeah. uh, into the tower. I From found a Sergiovania. Mm-hmm. Found a spell. Fine survey- Sergiovanian leather. <laughs> Sergiovanian. Only the finest for your D&D Lorecast <laughs> hosts. Well, since we're when, since we're talking about bringing random things into random places. What's today's topic, Sergio? Today's topic is the brand spanking new, the wild beyond the witch light adventure. I can't, you can't see it. You can see it on, on, on air on the crits. If you're listening to this after the Twitch stream, you can't see it at all. But we are both <laughs> holding up our own copies of the brand new book, uh, Dungeons yes. & Dragons, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, A Feywild Adventure. Mm-hmm. It is very cool. We're going to dive into this, let you know what's brand new, what you can expect from this brand new adventure from the fine folks at Wizards of the Coast. Yes. And we have a special announcement to make in the middle of the episode about a potential contest we're going to be running. Mm. Well, it's, it's not a potential. It's, it's definitely a contest. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> uh, what it is, we'll let you know in the, in the middle, middle of the show. show. Yep. We'll also have your usual uh, DMG, uh, DMs Guild mm-hmm. corner, your magic item of the week. Yes. But for the most part, this episode is going to be all about the new book because it's very exciting. Anytime something official comes out, We want to dig into it, see what's cool, what isn't as cool, you know, what you could throw into your already existing campaigns. If you could incorporate this into, uh, if you can start a new campaign with this sort of thing, it's, uh, it's always fun to get something new. Yes. And for the first time in a quite a bit, like there's a lot of the criticism of the uh, most recent D and D offerings is that they're putting like a fresh coat of paint on an older IP. Um, like the Curse of Straw, that's something that's, that goes back to advanced D&D that mm-hmm. they brought back for 5th edition. Um, the, uh, what was just, what just came out recently? The um, most recent release, I get the, my, my mind stopped working. I think um, it's, I think it's the, uh, the dust in this tower that might be. I think so too. Because uh, <laughs> it's affecting me as well. <laughs> Well, anyways, that, that's that's a common criticism that uh, that Wizards isn't really putting out uh, like really new ideas, mm-hmm. more so just recycling older ideas. Yeah, um, which has its pros and its cons. But the Wild Beyond the Witchlight feels, although it it's it it feels inspired by older stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one thing in particular, which isn't actually Dungeons and Dragons related, but we'll get into that. It feels like the first. Uh, new offering in a, in a while. Oh, you just oh, you smell. Oh, that. I love the, I love the, the I love cracking new. the spine open. Oh. I like it. I like it a lot. So, uh, w- before we dive in, I want to read this little blurb that they put for us on the back. Blurb. <clears throat> you ready for this? Yes, I am. Once every eight years, the fantastic witch-like carnival touches down on our world bringing joy to one settlement settlement after the other. Its owners, Mr. Witch and Mr. Light, known how to put on a good show. But there's more to this magical extravaganza than meets the eye. The carnival is a gateway to a fantastic Feywild domain unlike anything found in the material plane. Time has not been kind to this realm. However... 
and dark days lie ahead unless someone can thwart the dastardly schemes of the Hourglass Coven. I mean, this this already sounds exciting. <laughs> this is really cool. Like when they first announced it, it gave me real something wicked this way comes mm-hmm. vibes. Yes. Uh, something something wicked this way comes is a very popular novel. They made it into a movie. Novel by Ray Bradbury came out in the 60s uh-huh. about this um, seemingly uh, harmless, whimsical carnival that comes into town, almost like just out of nowhere, uh-huh. comes into this small town um, in Illinois. And there's like this sort of like dark undercurrent with it. And eventually um, the, the protagonist and his friend realize that, you know, that there isn't anything harmless about this carnival. It's actually very dark and very dangerous. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think wizards nailed it on the head if they're going for that vibe, because there's a lot of really cool, like whimsical stuff, but there's also like a lot of like very creepy, dangerous stuff. It could, if, if, if it's played correctly, you could, uh, you could easily balance those two. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking through the book. Just just even looking at the pictures, I get like a kind of a Alice in Wonderland kind of vibe from this. From yeah, like right absolutely. Like, it's, it's like, like a real nice like mesh. Lewis Carroll. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yes. So what are we gonna dive into first? Because it's it's a it's a pretty thick. It's got some weight to book. it. It, it does. definitely has some weight to it. It's over two hundred pages. Yes. Um. Well, let's talk about. Let's talk about um, the new what what they what players can expect that's new. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have got uh, there are no new classes, however, there are two new background mm-hmm. choices, and they're 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 pretty specific to the campaign. Yes, uh, the background uh, the background choices are Fey Lost, which essentially um, your character. Like fell into the Feywild, went to the went to the witch-like carnival. Yep, and and traveled to the Feywild and got lost there, and mm-hmm. sort of you know adapted to the environment, and then came back, but came back forever changed. Yep, and there are some different um, uh, um, different things you can do to distinguish your character. Like you can have a, a, a specific mark. Uh, you could have a, a specific visitor that visits you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other background choice is the witch light hand. You're essentially a carny. You're a carny for the witch light carnival, yep. which is pretty dope. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> uh, like I said, no new classes, but we do have those two background choices. Now uh, we do have two new races. Yes. Before we dive into those races, though, I do want to point something out for our DMs while we're in this section of the book. Um, they did introduce a hundred new trinkets. Now, yep. I, I personally love using the trinkets. Um, I think I feel it adds more depth and more role playing capability to your players uh, and their characters. And, you know, some of these like a petrified robin's egg. There's a rock that floats and is small enough to hide in your closed fist. I mean, they've got so many new things you can do so many interesting things with. I'm stoked for these trinkets. <laughs> the, I mean, the 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 level of, um, I guess, detail that they put mm-hmm. into it is is really remarkable. Like I said, it, an entire D100s list of trinkets. You've got... Um, all sorts of different uh, like variations for several different uh, uh, creatures and even uh, yep. char- and even characters. You've got uh, different um, options as far as um, like uh, like I said with your fey lost, you can have mm-hmm. uh, different marks. You can have different visitors. Yep. Yep. And so. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really cool. I think, it's, I think there's a lot of cool, really neat stuff in here. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited. Um, so let's go into the races, shall we? We shall. <laughs> the very first race is the fairy. Yes. Now, this is exciting because you don't know how many times I've had a player come up to me and go, I want to be a fairy. And I'm like, great. Now I have to sit here and try to figure out 
how to homebrew fairy into a playable race. Well, now I don't have to. <laughs> now you don't have to. And what's what's cool about this is like, let's say you have homebrewed a fairy before mm-hmm. and you get this and you're like, oh, this is cool. This, you know, this is cool. Like uh, I did this differently. And I think the way I did it is cooler. You yeah. could definitely just use this as the base and amend it as, as you see fit. Oh yeah. But uh, just going from the book, it says the Feywild is home to many fantastic peoples, including fairies. Fairies are a wee folk, but not nearly as much so as their pixie and sprite friends. The first fairy spoke Elvish, Goblin, or Sylvan, and encounters with human visitors prompted many of them to learn common as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the fairy traits, uh, obviously, like you're, uh, as far as size goes, you're small. Mm-hmm. You uh, you have a base base uh, walking speed of 30 feet, which is pretty standard. Yep. You know the druid craft cantrip. Starting Ooh. at third level... You starting at third level, you can also cast the fairy fire, fire spell with this trait. Mm-hmm. Starting at fifth level, you can also cast a large reduce spell. You can, uh, once you cast fairy fire or re- enlarge reduce with this trait, you can't cast that spell with it again until you finish the long rest. Uh, your intelligence, wisdom, or charisma is your spell casting ability for these spells when you cast them, uh, whichever uh, one you choose. Mm-hmm. And also, you have flight. So you have you have a uh, flying speed equal to your walking speed, and but you can't use this flying speed if you're wearing medium or heavy armor. Which makes so sense. as long as you're yeah, if as long as you're wearing light armor or no armor, you can fly for thirty feet. Which, as we discussed in our era Kokra uh, episode, and in our patron exclusive episode on the sub races of elves mm-hmm. with the winged elves, with the Avrail Avrail, flying's pretty awesome. Flying is really cool. Yes. <laughs> Now, something I want to touch on these guys is nine times out of ten, when you think of fairies, we think of butterfly or moth-like wings. Yeah. Now, what's cool with this is you can either choose to roll a D8 or you can choose from eight different types of wings now. Mm-hmm. So we have wings that are like those of a bird. You have shimmering multicolored skin. Okay. You have exceptionally large ears. Now, these are different traits. Um, those, like different like, like yeah. physical traits. Yeah. yeah. So it's not just the wings, but it's it's also traits. Um, a glittering mist constantly surrounds you. You have a small spectral horn on your forehead like that of a little unicorn. Your legs are insect like. OK, or insectile. You smell like fresh brownies. Now, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think I in, think that would be my, like in real life I would do uh, that. Yeah, like please. Because I would walk into a room and everyone's like, "Oh man, Sergio's here. It smells great. I love I still love when Sergio shows up." Um, the last is a noticeable harmless chill surrounds you. So some of these, some That's of these are really cool. Yeah, that one is pretty cool. Um, some of these are really cool. But the other thing is too is that it goes on to say in other areas of the fairy section that that is not the only option those bird-like wings are not the only option there are different types of wings you can truly just select your own type of wings oh yeah for sure like it's yeah you know with all these different tables that they offer like they're always just suggestions like you can either roll the appropriate dice and pick whatever you get and then it says that even if you roll and decide you don't like what rolled you don't even have to be that like they're like i mean there's nothing that says that you have to do something uh, one way or the other. Oh, yeah. So our next our next one, I'm really excited to talk about. Yeah, I remember when this, this book came out, not just four, not even 48 hours ago. And you were so excited about this book or about this uh, next race. Yeah, uh, you're like, I, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. <laughs> All right. So our next rate our next race ah sorry english is hard it is <laughs> the herangon now the herangon originated in the feywild where they spoke sylvan and embodied the spirit of freedom and travel in time these rabbit folk that's right you heard it right rabbit folk yep hopped into other worlds bringing the fey realms exuberance with them and learning new languages as they went. 
Herringons are bipedal with these characteristics of long feet of the rabbits they resemble and fur in variety of colors. That's right. You can choose your colored fur. There are no more limits. (laughs) (laughs) They share the keen senses and powerful legs of leprin creatures and are full of energy. Like a wound up spring, herringons are blessed with a little fey luck. And they often find themselves a new, a few fortunate feet away from dangers during adventures. Now, that's all cool. But what I really love about them is their abilities. Yeah, their stab locks are stab locks is pretty legit. Yes. So as a creature type, you are a humanoid. Your size is medium or small. You choose the size of the select this race. I like that. I yes. like that a lot. Yes. You don't have to be a tiny little rabbit. You can be a human-sized rabbit if you want. The speed, 30 feet. That's pretty standard. That seems odd. I, I would think they might be 40. but Well, here's, here's where we come into play. I can see why they didn't. So, hair trigger. This is an ability of them. You can add your proficiency bonus to your initiative rolls. Leprin senses. You have proficiency and the perception skill. Lucky footwork. When you fail a dexterity saving throw, you can use your reaction to roll a d4 and add it to your save, potentially turning a failure into a success. You can't use this reaction if you're prone or your speed is zero, which goes without saying. That That's probably my favorite of, yes. of them all. The, the lucky footwork. Uh, yes. That's, that's really cool. See, I mean, because how, how many times have you... Like the DC is, let's say, 15 and you roll like a, a 14 or 13. Yes. Like, ah, I almost had it. I was almost there. And the beautiful part is this lucky footwork doesn't say you can't use it till the next long rest or anything. You can literally use it whenever you want. There's yeah, no it's a reaction. So it's you, a reaction. you can use it every single turn. Yeah. Which that is legit. Then we have yeah. this is the part where I, bo- I agree that their speed is 30 feet. Rabbit hop. As a bonus action, you can jump a number of feet equal to five times your proficiency bonus without provoking attacks of opportunity. You can also use this trait only if your speed is greater than zero. You can use it a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Now, Think about this for a minute. If you have a proficiency bonus of five, okay. It's an extra 25 feet. Yeah. So you're moving 55 feet, potentially. You can move and then bound, you know? And we know that, you know, okay, everybody can do dashing as a bonus action, blah, blah, blah. But with this, you don't provoke attacks of opportunity. So you can bound between enemies without provoking anything. Yeah, you get yourself multi-attack mm-hmm. and you attack one enemy, jump over, hop over, bound over to a second enemy, attack them. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm in love with these creatures. They're incredible. Oh, no, you couldn't do that because <laughs> because it's a bonus action. And so you couldn't multi-attack because the second attack would count as a bonus action. Oh, unless... yeah. No, yeah. No, you... Essentially, a better way to put it would be you could just bound through enemies without provoking attacks of opportunity to yeah, get true. that flank just, to give your 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 party members that flank ability true or just sort of like you know do a hop by like mm-hmm. run up attack someone real quick bonus action hop out of the way get out of there yeah really good for your rogues <laughs> no oh yeah absolutely absolutely freaking lootly even better i would love to see a heron gone monk Way oh yeah best but we need to get going through this book because there's a lot more to cover. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, we we got so much to cover. Um, so let's let's go over the the basic storyline. Yes. Um, there are two different hooks to get you into the adventure. Now the first we don't have any spoilers for this, do we? No, absolutely not. Like okay. this is uh, this is like bare bones yep. sort of um, starting off. Like mm-hmm. this is exactly what your DM would tell you. Um, as you begin the campaign. Yep. So the, the basic story, uh, and there are two different hooks. One is lost things where each character, each player character 
uh, went to the, uh, the witch like carnival as children and lost something. And so they're drawn back to the, back to the carnival when it returns mm-hmm. to try to reclaim that item. Yes. So that's, that's one hook. And there, there, and there actually, there is a, uh, a table for lost things mm-hmm. that you can pick from, uh, ability to keep secrets which is so cool. Uh, ability to smile. Oh, Art- artistic creativity, mm-hmm. cherished doll or stuffed animal, yep. handwriting, sense of direction, sense of fashion, and three inches of height, <laughs> which is, I mean, I, I could, I can't lose that. I'm only like five, seven. I, like, I can't lose can't three more. That. Can't afford that. But again, it says, um, if you roll, if you roll a D eight and don't like what you get, pick whatever you want or pick something that's, or make something up. Yeah. The uh, second hook is, is more standard. It involves like essentially being given the quest by a quest giver. Mm-hmm. That quest giver's name is Madrick Rosloff. Yep. And he asks, he asks you to travel to the Feywild to get his um, sort of um, uh, not like uh, his buddy, essentially, uh, Zabilna. Yeah, uh, he hasn't he hasn't been able to contact his his Feywild compa- compa- uh, compatriot for about a year now. Although he says you know in in the in the Feywild time works all sorts of different funky ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he cast you with this spell or with this uh, quest to go into the Feywild and find out what happened to Sibilda. So those are the two hooks to get you in. Yeah. The the carnival itself. Uh, it's called, you know, the witch like carnival because there's Mr. Witch and mm-hmm. Mr. Light. Yep. And so they, they run the carnival and they're able, and they play, they play uh, a, a somewhat medium sized role in it all, mm-hmm. but it really has to do with uh, three hags that uh, once you get into the Feywild, there are essentially like three different sections that you have to uh that you have to go through and that makes up the majority of this campaign of this adventure and this adventure is meant for uh first level through eighth level although it says that you know you can probably start characters off player characters about second or third if you want to make it a little bit easier yeah and one thing that's really cool that uh that's mentioned in the beginning of the book is that each one of these uh encounters can be resolved non-violently yes. if the player characters can figure it out. Yes. So they, you could actually go through this entire adventure without ever uh, rolling initiative, which is pretty cool. Yes. And that that is a huge, that has been a huge marketing, you know, thing for Wizards of the Coast during this entire, all the talks we've heard about it. It's been a huge pinpoint for them is that you can go through this entire book without drawing a single sword you do not have to get involved in an altercation yeah it's really cool it's um for those uh who enjoy more so enjoy the role-playing aspect mm-hmm. and the the problem solving aspect of dnd mm-hmm. like this is right up your alley this oh, is yeah. in your wheelhouse um so you have three hags uh their names are Bavlorna, Blightstraw, mm-hmm. uh, Skabatha, Nightshade, yep. and uh, Endolin, Moongrave. Mm-hmm. And so they each have their own sort of uh, domains. And like I said, you have to go through each one to reach the end, find out what happened to Zabilna, and presumably exit the Feywild. Yes. That's the basic storyline without, you know, too, like, without really any spoilers. Yes. Um, now, some things I want to mention about these hags. Um, Bavlorna looks very much like a frog person. <laughs> and she's like a little frog lady. She's like a little frog lady, yes. Uh, Endolin Moongrave, if you were paying attention when we showed the minis last time on our uh, live stream, you will have seen her. Um, you'll have made me, you'll heard me make mention of the spider-like dress like the legs she has on her dress and things this is her this is why i said i'm very interested to see what this is all about um and the last one I, this is this is personally my favorite just because it's hilarious uh scabatha 
is a it looks like a traditional hag with um clown makeup and a more clownish approach to a queen's dress yeah um riding yeah. on a uh and this is this is the best part riding on a rocking horse Riding on a rocking horse, <laughs> what I, I assume is a flying rocking horse. I can only assume. I, I hope. Which is which is one of the new constructs that is, shows up in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I hope. I hope she's uh, not just riding on a regular old rocking horse because that would just be even creepier. And me right? personally, as a player, I would be like, I want to hit her with a sword just because she's so creepy. <laughs> oh, but she's yeah. a tiny creature, too. Yes. Yes. She is tiny. Well, she's medium, yes, she, but she's medium, medium fag. Yes, yeah, she is. She is on her uh, flying rocking horse. Yeah. But um, yeah, they like I said, they have they hold domain over three different, or they hold, uh, you know, rule over three different domains, mm-hmm. uh, hither, thither and yon, which, like I said, just adds it's more of like the sort of like whimsy slash like yeah. creepy vibe that this whole adventure has. Uh, one last Alice thing in Wonderland. Very yeah, Alice. for sure. <laughs> uh one last thing about the hags is that they uh, they're they're known as the hourglass coven Mm -hmm. and each have their own thief that picks pockets like like you know like the uh the uh, lost things hook Mm -hmm. to get you into the adventure yeah uh you you traveled to the to the carnival as a child you lost something well the things that you lose the things that people lose is usually a result of one of these thieves yeah and each, like I said, each hag has their own thief. Um, Lorna's thief looks almost like a like like her, like, like a little frog person. Um, Scabatha's looks. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Endelin uh, looks like it's like a almost like a spirit. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a shadow creature. Uh, Scabatha's is like it looks almost like a like a zombie girl like a girl with like bluish grayish skin yep wearing a pig's mask holding a giant lollipop (laughs) (laughs) again we're back with the weird one for (laughs) scabatha yeah it's super creepy it's very unsettling and i kind of want to get it tattooed on my body somewhere (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness but uh so we want to talk about the new creatures that are in the mm-hmm. book, as yep. well as the the constructs, the new magical items. Yes. But before we do that, let's go to the middle of the show. Let's do it. All right. Here we are. The middle of the show. It's very middly. I'm going to put super my, middly. It's super middly. <laughs> So the first thing I want to bring to everyone's attention is we have to say thanks to our patrons. We absolutely have to thank our patrons. <laughs> we need to thank our patrons. And we've, we, we, we cannot stress this enough. Without you guys, this wouldn't be possible. This wouldn't, it, it, it just wouldn't be possible. We appreciate you. You're amazing. You're wonderful. <laughs> So, shall we begin? <clears throat> we shall. We shall. So, we have our... Oh, it messed up on me. It messed up on me. We have our $10 patrons, Wolf the Sheepdog and Remington Cloutier. We have our wizard patrons, Stagger and Stumble and Chris Mitchell and Jonathan Sutter. Mm-hmm. And our two deity patrons, of course, how we love you so much, Maverick and Lupus. We are actually, we have our first game, our first patron campaign game yes. scheduled for a couple of weeks. So if you are on the $10 tier or up, you will absolutely get access to that episode mm-hmm. once it's recorded. Yep. As in addition to all the other bonus episodes that we're recording, uh, we just recorded one about the sub races of elves. We talked about elves for well over an hour, like no <laughs> mid show break, <laughs> uh, you know, no, uh, um, you know, intro as far as like, you know, this is what we got going on. No, like none of that. It was just chock full of elves, nothing but elves. Oh, no yeah. magic item. In fact, it was no. a homebrew elf race. Yes. 
something I've actually had in my homebrew games for quite a many years. So when people ask me, like, hey, what what'd you do Wednesday night? Like I talked about elves for about an hour and a half. <laughs> so, what did you do, loser? <laughs> loser. So that it wasn't as cool. <laughs> we're going to move from thanking our patrons. And again, thank you all. You're wonderful. Namaste. Namaste. Uh we're gonna move to our giveaway. Oh, before we let's let me let me slide in with the DMs Guild real quick. Oh, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. I'm just pretty excited uh, this, about this. <laughs> well, this one, yeah, no, it's very exciting. But this one's this one's uh, relatively easy, uh, keeping in the spirit of the Feywild mm-hmm. and and the new book, the the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Uh, you know, uh, the DMs Guild is having a big Feywild content sale. Yes, I uh, saw that, it, and they've got a bunch of cool stuff. They've got. Um, through the Veil, Treasures of the Feywild. Yep. Uh, they've got the Shadow Fey, Guide to the Fey and Ravenloft. They've got Gods of Feyrune. Um, they've got the Fey Compendiums, one, two, and three. They've got a lot of cool stuff. In fact, the um, the Gimbal's Guide to the Feywild could act as a you know substantial companion piece to this mm-hmm. to this book. Yes. But the thing that I want to the 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 book that I want to uh, actually like put into the corner, the, the official corner pick is called a fame mystery of Glenn Dorn. Ooh. And this, uh, this again is, is also part of the Feywild sale that, you know, through the end of the month or actually through the 29th. So uh, for about a week, for about a week or so, yep. it'll still be on sale. It's on sale for only $3 and 16 cents. It is a haunted house, a missing person and a hint of fae, a wild fae magic. This is an 8 to 12 hour adventure balanced for character levels 7 through 9. Oh. I picked it because one because it's coming in spooky season. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was the first day of the fall equinox and <sighs> and almost as if the universe knew it was like a a chill came into uh into Texas of all places and it was actually a little brisk and I was like oh fall is here. <laughs> And so, you know, you got the haunted the mansion aspects in the air. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> Uh, you got the haunted house aspect. Mm-hmm. You've got the Feywild aspect, and the fact that it's for character level seven through nine. So you could conceivably backdoor this entire campaign by mm-hmm. playing this. Yes, yes, and that's like said, exactly uh, what I was thinking just now. Was is that you can yep. play through the entire Witchlight campaign, and then you can go right. We're going to move on to this next one. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yep. So, but yeah. So quick little synopsis in the Kingdom of Norland. In the Moonshell Isles, King Keithan rules by the will of Torm the True, though in Glen Dorn, folks still hold true to the old ways, the dense and layered folklore of monsters and tales to frighten children. It is to this remote valley that Keithan bids you to make haste to seek out signs of his beloved cousin, Lady Sorchka Hanegard. Sorchka vanished on her wedding day three years ago, sending her groom and neighbors alike into mourning. But where could she have gone? The only remaining clues to this mystery lie in her abandoned mansion home, or powers less wholesome have now taken up residence. The hmm. Dread Coven will not give up what they know so easily, although they will strike a bargain if you're willing to pay the price in pain. Ooh. Includes new creatures, full color maps, and accessible screen read, uh, reader-friendly version. This is a fey mystery of Glen Dorn, Dorn spelled D-O-U-R-N. Buy it now for $3.16, or if you're listening to this 20 years from now, when the robots have taken over, uh, it's only three ninety five regular price. Yes. Um, so, can I can I talk about it now? Fine. <laughs> yes, please do so. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So, me and Sergio, we're talking, and we want to do a giveaway for our fantastic, wonderful Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast fans. And since the spooky season is upon us. Ooh. Ooh. We immediately thought of you. Immediately. Immediately when we saw this. Okay. Now I'm going to bring up a little. Well, I didn't immediately think of the listeners. I immediately <laughs> thought of myself because I want this so bad. Well, but listen, I soon thought of after, them. <laughs> I, well, I, I thought of myself and then I thought of you. Oh, and then I thought of them and oh. it was like a pretty quick succession, but mm. I, I, I won't lie. I immediately thought, like, <gasps> I want that too bad. <laughs> so what we have done is we have purchased one un copy 
of the special edition trilogy of the haunt. This is a hardcover yes. print edition of all three haunts, the haunt one, the haunt two, the haunt three. And personally, I have played all three with the fumbling four crew and it is spectacular. It is great. You can tie all three together. It is great time. It is quite spooky. You get the right music, the right setting. It's bone chilling. Unless you're playing with the fumbling four crew and then everything's a joke. <laughs> but I will be bringing up a picture for our live streamers. There it is. There it is. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the printing looks phenomenal. It'll look uh, seamless on your shelf next to official D&D yes. books. Yes. Like I said, it's a hundred. It's a hardcover edition, 180 pages, full color. Yes. It's got all three uh, games in it, all three adventures in it. Yes. And we want to give away a copy to a lucky listener and to thank everyone for, uh, for supporting us and, yes. and letting us live out a dream. Mm -hmm. Now I want to go in before we talk about the details of the competition and how to win. I want to go into what this book actually has with it because it's not just the book you're getting. It's not just three adventures. I know there's more, but wait, there's more. So, they have a complete bestiary with 25 monster stat blocks. Custom stylized the haunt removable character sheets. Tons of magic items. Combat and counter trackers for every combat encounter that you will experience in all three games. Colorful maps of every single location in all three games. And over a hundred ready to cut out paper minis ready to use at your table instantly. So you're getting a ton of stuff with this. Um, yep. It's it's spectacular. Uh, and I, me and Sergio both immediately went, oh, we want it. We want it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I do want it. And yes, I will get it. I will do it. It's, it's, it's she nice. will be mine. Oh, yes. She will be mine. But Sergio. But first, it'll be yours. Yes. But first, it'll be theirs. So, Sergio, do you want to give them the details on how to win this? I do want to give the details. So the contest will be open starting right now, mm -hmm. the evening of September 23rd. Yep. Going all the way through the end of October, all yes. the way through Halloween. Yep. So, and so uh, a winner will be drawn that you all right there, buddy. I think I, I, I think I might be in need of a new co-host. Oh my gosh. My co-host is dying. I just got too excited. <clears throat> so excited. So excited. <clears throat> anyway, continue. Sorry. So we'll be we'll be drawing a winner at the beginning of November. Contest ends October thirty first. Mm -hmm. uh, you have three ways to to enter. Mm -hmm. The first is to uh, follow the Almighty Crit on Twitch TV, mm -hmm. which is if you're if you're watching us right now, that's what that's what you're doing. So if you've already followed us, you're already entered. A uh, second way to enter is to. Uh, we're going to have uh, follow us on Twitter mm -hmm. and we're also going to have a uh, certain, uh, we'll have a certain uh, tweet that we'll put out. All you have to do is like that tweet or retweet that tweet. Yep. That'll be another entry. Yep. A third way to enter is join the robots radio discord channel. And we'll have a post on the dungeons and dragons, Lorecast mm -hmm. text channel that you'll either, that you can, uh, that you can add some reaction to. If yes. you're not familiar with discord, there are little emojis that you can uh, that you can add to a to a post. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to do that. So there's three ways to enter. In fact, uh, each one of those counts as an entry, so that you can enter three different times. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if you've already followed us on Twitter, if you're already already following us on Twitch, those already count as entries for you. So you'll automatically be entered. Yeah. But if I were you, I would try to enter three different times because that'll give you three different choice chances to win. Mm -hmm. And this is quite the little collectible, I will say. Um, Definitely they, worth it. Yes, they they definitely went, <laughs> they definitely went all out with this, and the reason is because this particular series has won several, and I do mean several, Dungeon Masters Guilds awards and recognitions. It's been around for quite some time, and it still is one of the top sellers around this time of year, and almost all year round. It is yep. a really, really solid three-piece campaign. 
Um, and even w doing one of them on their own is a solid campaign. Um, but yes, you do those three things and you are in to win. Yeah, for sure. And again, we'll post uh, the rules and all that on our Twitter account. We'll mm -hmm. post the rules and all that on the Discord. Uh, so if you're if you didn't catch all that and don't want to rewind or you know <laughs> click the back click the 15 second back button <laughs> to figure out exactly what uh and then you like i said you you have a little over a month to yep. to enter so you have plenty of times so we're not trying to rush anybody we're trying to give as many people the opportunity to try to win as mm -hmm. possible just like i said we want to thank everyone for supporting us and listening to us yep. and this is just a, a token of our gratitude and we will announce the winner uh the first dungeon dragons lorecast uh stream we have after october yeah it'll be on the uh november 7th yes not november 7th i'm looking at the wrong calendar hey, it'll sure. be november 4th oh yeah yeah okay i was looking the wrong one too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so we'll announce the winner then yeah but from the, the first second and third we'll use the tabulate we'll use to count all the uh, all the votes yes so you will it will be randomized there's no fabies here um so get those entries in and i hope you win may, the, may fortuna <laughs> be ever in your favor see on that note let's transition back into our fey wild topic of the day Oh, that scream every time. <laughs> Wilhelm, that Wilhelm will get you. <laughs> right, so let's get back to our Feywild adventure. So where are we so going into got, next? I want to talk about all the new creatures that they have. Oh, yes. Uh, the new magical items that they have. Yes. Uh, there are a couple of different factions mm -hmm. um, that don't necessarily have to be... Uh, just uh you know exclusive to this adventure yes. so you've got uh 15 new creatures uh no, 16 new creatures i'm sorry 16 new creatures uh including a tree ant sapling mm -hmm. and a displacer beast kitten which is like the <laughs> cutest thing i've ever seen it's think adorable. of a cat horrible think of a tiny cat with um like a uh sort of a a tail with like teeth on it. <laughs> oh, and that's what, that's what you get. The displacer beast kitty. The displacer beast kitten is pretty cool. You also, uh, you've also got the return of the tree blight tree blight showed up in the curse of Stroud. Yes. Um, but as once again, uh, never made it to a, um, like uh, outside of like a campaign setting or like an adventure setting, didn't mm -hmm. make it to like an official like a uh, monster manual or anything. So, but the tree blight makes its return to the witch light. Uh, you've got four different constructs. Uh, two of these are um, uh, like um, like actual like they're actually named like Clapper Claw the Scarecrow mm -hmm. is a construct as well as Squirt the Oil Can. But then you have constructs like the flying rocking horse that's yep. pretty generalized and also a glasswork golem as well, which is pretty cool. The glasswork golem, golem, I wanted to highlight. I could pull it up on the book. So glasswork golem, uh, it's only got an armor class of 13 mm -hmm. and it's only got 36 hit points. So it seems like, like the DC is seems pretty, like the encounter level seems pretty low, right? Except that regenerates. At the start of every turn, it regenerates 10 points. Okay. So that's something that you could throw at not just uh, your party and in this, in this adventure, but you could use that, that, that creature in almost any campaign mm -hmm. and sort of uh, give your uh, maybe uh, like inexperienced D and D players, your new D and D players, something to like munch on. Like, you know, why can't we kill this thing? Oh yeah. I, I first thing I saw, I thought when I saw it was, Oh, this is nasty. This is like your trolls. 
Like you walk no, yeah, up absolutely. on a troll and you're like, oh, we can we can take this. And then it regenerates its hit points. <laughs> but yeah, you've also got the uh, the bully wug, the bully wugs, both the knight and the royal, the brigandock. Uh, you know, some of these might be familiar if mm-hmm. you watched our last uh, stream a couple weeks ago where we had where we display the minis coming out. Yep. Um, like the uh, Jabberwock. The giant snail. I want to stop for a minute on the Jabberwock because I found something that is very interesting about this. So I'm going to read this little blurb. Once a Jabberwock has chosen its target, it concentrates its attacks on that target until the victim is killed and devoured. Until the Jabberwock is killed or until the target escapes using teleportation magic or other means. Okay. So that's point number okay. one. These things are vicious. They once they pick you as a target, that's it. You, it's game on. Like you are the only thing they're gunning for. Now, if a Jabberwock is slain, another one appears three d eight years later, materializing within a thousand miles of where the old one perished. No immature Jabberwock has ever been sighted, and the creature does not appear to age. Okay, that is a mind blower because. We used to talk about the Terrascue and how vicious it was. Yeah. Now we have the Jabberwock that responds 3D8 years later. It's like, yep. cool, you slayed me, but, you know, I'll be back in two years. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, anywhere. Oh, three. Well, three, yeah. Anywhere but... from three to 24 years, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, those are two major points I wanted to focus on with the Jabberwock because it's crazy. It's, it's something that stood out to me because of the, well, the whole Terrascue thing. You know, we, 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 everybody talks a mad game about the Terrascue, but they got so many other monsters out here that are nearly twice as vicious. But anyway, I do apologize. I interrupted. Please continue, Sergio. Uh, you also have red caps. Like uh, I, re- these were a favorite of mine in uh, 3.5, and yes. I, I'm not sure if they've made their way to fifth edition yet or not. They actually have. Uh, red caps okay. have been in fifth edition uh, for quite some time. I can't remember which one they came out in, um, but they were more prevalent in uh, Descent into Avernus. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And they've become obviously clearly more prevalent in this as well. So think of um, like a Keebler elf, like a homicidal Keebler elf with a like a uh, giant, like size appropriate sickle. Like they're a tiny, they're a tiny <laughs> fae, like they're, well, they're a small fae. So they're only, you know, uh, maybe like the size of a halfling. And so like the sickle itself, like, you know, by our, by a human standards, isn't very big, but to them it's about, it's about, you know, it's the size of them. So it's still pretty big proportionally, right? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a homicidal creature born of bloodlust. They're although small have formidable strength, which they use to hunt and kill without reservation or regret. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always love that because, uh, they're called red caps because legend is that their caps are, are red because they're, they're soaked in the blood of their victims. Yes. That is awesome. one of my favorite parts of them. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. 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 Oh my uh, but goodness. yeah, like I said, there's uh, 16 uh, newish creatures mm-hmm. uh, or or returning creatures. You've also got uh, 20, like right around 20 magical items in the mm-hmm. back of the book. Oh yes, my favorite. Some of the you know, <laughs> yeah, some of these uh, you know are pretty um, you know inconspicuous. Like you've yes. got the dreaded helm, which um, all it does is is hide your face while you wear it and look badass. <laughs> You know, it doesn't have like any sort of like, you know, plus one to armor or to AC. Uh, it just, it's a badass looking helmet that will shroud your face completely in shadow. Right. Um, but there are also like really cool things like, uh, like pixie dust, which will allow yes. you to fly for a minute and not only allow you to fly for a minute, but you also land safely. So it's not like you have to, uh, you know, use that time to also, you know, uh, coordinate where you're going to land. Like, mm-hmm. no, like at the end of it, you just end up, you know, floating down to the ground safely. 
see, so do we have to think happy thoughts when we use it? No, you can think stupid, <laughs> messed up thoughts all you want. You can think of the thoughts of a red cap, I guess. I don't know. Um, so one I want to focus on, which is pretty cool, is the cloak of many fashions. While wearing this yes. cloak, yes. So while wearing a cloak, you can use a bonus action to change your style, color, and apparent quality of your garment. The cloak weight does not change regardless of its appearance. The cloak can't be anything but a cloak. Although it can duplicate the appearance of other magical cloaks, it does not gain their properties. Now, here's the catch-22 with this. Sure, it's just a cloak that can change its appearance. Yeah. But you could literally change your appearance to the darkest black. Yeah. And just stand in the middle of the hide in shadows, hide in shadows. Yeah. You could literally use this thing superiorly against your enemies as a rogue. Like this thing is, yes, Vanta Black. Exactly. Uh, Lupus said it for me. Vanta Black. You could Vanta Black that robe and no one's going to see you or that cloak. No one's going to see you. And you could also (laughs) and you could also uh, make it look like the like fanciest, finest cloak. Mm -hmm ever handcrafted yes and enter the you know the royal ballroom enter some some regal you know festivities that you know a dirty grimy adventurer like yourself would you know would never uh see fit to enter yes um but that is definitely one i wanted to touch up on because it seems so mundane but can be so useful uh my favorite though is the talking doll. <laughs> yes. the, the talking doll. Uh, while this stuffed doll is within five feet of you, you can spend a short rest telling it to say up to six phrases, none of which can be more than six words long. And you can set a condition under which the doll speaks each phrase. You can also replace old phrases with new ones. Whatever the condition, it must occur within five feet of the doll to make it speak. For example, whenever someone picks up the doll, it might say, I want a piece of candy. The doll's phrases are lost when your attunement to the doll ends. Um, again, like the cloak of um, the, um, I cannot I can't remember, the cloak of many fashions uh, seems pretty like, you know, mundane. Like, mm-hmm. you, like, what's the use of that? But you have that, you could, like, you know, let's say you're trying to get some information uh, from somebody, like, trying to, like, someone says, like, hey, I'm pretty sure this person stole from me or, 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 you know, may have hurt someone that I love or killed someone I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's protected, uh, you know, by, by law enforcement, whatever. And so you sneak into their house, you hide somewhere, you put the doll on the bed. They come home, they see like, what the hell is this doll? They pick it up and the doll says, I know what you did. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Drops the doll like, what are you talking about? Then the doll says like, what? like, you stole from so-and-so like, like turn yourself in. You know, you could give it six <laughs> phrases, six short phrases yep. to try to scare this person. Into, and that's just off the top of my dome. That's just like something <laughs> like, you know, that's just immediately the stuff, something like that, like something creative like that comes to mind. Oh, when yeah. I, when I see, when I see a magic item like that. So <clears throat> we've got quite a few magical items. Um, and we don't have enough time to go through all of them. Um, no, like I said, there's about, there's right around 20 of them. About yeah. 2022. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, like I said, um, 16 creatures, mm-hmm. uh, four constructs, uh, two new races. There's a lot of new content in the book. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, oh, and really quick before, before we start to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, when we're showing off the minis for, for this content, there was a um, there's one called Chucklehead, which was like this um, jack o' lantern like type. Yeah, person yep. wearing like a jack jack o' lantern head. Uh, apparently, the Chucklehead is a goblin boss overseeing the production of goblin candy. That what? is adorable. That is adorable. I don't want him to die ever. I want to be no, his, he, he's my new pet. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's my new best. He's my new bestie. New best. So. We're here at the wrap up. I mean, there's there's tons of things we could talk about with the Wild Beyond the Wishlight 
we're both incredibly excited to both dive into this as players and DMs. I mean, I am so stoked about this. Um, I actually uh, debated on running it for uh, the um, fumbling for in the almighty crit uh, later in a potential future season. Um, We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) I think, I mean, with the, like the sort of um, content this is like the, mm-hmm. the, like the, the themes that it has and the personalities of the cast of the fumbling Four, I think it's, it's a perfect match. Oh, like yes. you guys are all a bunch of clowns. <laughs> there are clowns in this. Yep. And yep. yeah, I think it's um, perfect. I think it's a perfect marriage, but the, honestly, this, this content for me personally, this is what I'm looking for more of from wizards of the coast. I'm excited for this. It's everything I was hoping for and a little bit more because there's some things we didn't even talk about. We didn't talk about the um, the back of the book actually has a story tracker. Um, oh, yeah. The story tracker is yes. pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we have a story tracker. Uh, we have uh, we have our um, let me find it here. We have um, different lines for an NPC. Um Yep. You know, and it's it's given lines for a specific reason. We have our um let's see here. Flipping through it. Role playing cards. Again, something else we didn't talk about. Incredible new introductions to the DD line of 5e books. I have to say I am incredibly impressed with this. I am so glad they came up with it. I in you know one thing that i that i've heard um from uh from a lot of people is they would like to see more mm-hmm. like um higher level adventures yes because how many times have you have you started a new campaign you start at level 1 and then it either ends you know at level 8 or level mm-hmm. 10 or whatever it may end at or or the campaign sort of fizzles out you know people uh priorities change and people have to drop out. And so you never end up getting as far as, as you would want. Yep. And so a lot of players like you sometimes haven't played, you know, level 12 and up, haven't gotten to get to those really cool mm-hmm. skills and, and abilities. And I would love nothing more than to get a sequel to this. Yes. For levels nine through 12, 20. And I am still hoping and praying to the D&D deities that we get a sequel to Descent into Avernus. Please. No, yeah, like the sequels to <laughs> yeah, sequels to to uh any number of their campaigns that end at mm-hmm. level 8 or at level 10 or whatever they end oh, up. Oh yeah. Um but I think the, uh both will Descent into Avernus and especially this one they both lend themselves easily to sequels. Oh, easily. You know, without going too much into into spoilers for the storyline. Like I said, I think that, you know, you could easily write uh, mm-hmm. a part two to this. Oh, yeah. Well, it sounds like we both have wonderful hopes and expectations for this book. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. Like I said, I, I'm a big fan of Ray Bradbury. I'm a big fan of like Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And um, and Loop is brought up in chat. You know, it kind of sounds like, uh, like Wizard of Oz as well. Oh, like yeah. Like all of that sort of you know, fantasy, whimsical, you know, with an undercurrent of menace and dread. Mm-hmm. I like, I like that. Oh, a lot. I get, it's really oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so my magical item for this week, I am bringing, this is a near and dear to my heart, self-made as a player magical item from way back in the day. That's right. So it, it was actually made uh, from fey magic. So, This is why I'm bringing it for us today. This is called the coin or the gold piece of two sides. Okay. So ordinarily, it looks like an ordinary mundane gold piece or, you know, coin. However, when flipped, you have to call what you think it's going to land on. Okay. Okay. Here's That's why. pretty normal for this, a coin flip? Yep, but here's why. So far? Okay. You can utilize this coin once per day to travel to a destination of your choice in time. 
time. Yes. Now. Once per day? Once per day. Okay. Okay. The reason is because you could potentially travel all the way back to the dawn of everything. You know, you could travel back to a specific point where the bad guy is just about to reach the item he needs and you become the all powerful power. You know, you could literally do whatever you want over this coin, but it relies on the flip and the call. So if you call it and it lands, let's say you call it, you flip it, it's on heads. Congratulations. You get to choose a point in any point in time that you would wish to go to. It will take you directly to that point. You will stay in that point. You don't come back out of that point. It will take you to that point. However, if you land on, let's just say you called heads, it lands tails. The DM at that point gets to decide whether you go 1,000 years forward or backwards. So there is a huge sacrifice to this, but there is also huge benefit to this if used appropriately. So there's huge risks, huge rewards. Yes, very chancy. Very chancy. Now, the thing that I have found is you can revert back on this. Say you do miss call and the DM punishes you and sends you back in time a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Well, then you just wait a day, try to call it again and go, I want to go back forward. You got to survive a day, a thousand yeah. years in the past or a thousand years in the future, though. Yeah. Who and knows that's what's going on at that time. Yeah. And that's the kicker. But if you can do it, it's easily fixed. You know, as long as you don't go too far down that rabbit hole, as I did. <laughs> too many wrong yeah, calls you- and there's no coming back from it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at a certain point, like, would you, like, blink out of existence? And that's exactly what happened to me. I blinked out of existence. Well, I went, I... Hun- no, it was 10,000 years into the future, and... Man, you got some bad nothing. luck. I did. I, like, I got Statistically, really you should have guessed at least what, right once. <laughs> Nobody, no. Yeah, you, you've met me. <laughs> I have met you. You're, a, you're an unlucky guy. Yes, very unlucky. If I didn't have bad mm. luck, I wouldn't have luck at all. Oh! that's it for us guys thank you so much for listening so before we chime out Sergio do you want to share anything with our Dungeons and Dragons lore cast fam well I want to thank you all for listening thank you for helping me live out a dream of getting to talk about Dungeons and Dragons Mm -hmm. which I I would do anyway but now I get to do it with um, and actually like get money in my pocket which I can then which we can then use to buy uh, books to give away, which we could actually <laughs> buy books to review so yes. that you can decide if you want to buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can, if you'd love the sound of my voice and want to listen to me talk about non D and D stuff, but, uh, also like nerd related, check out fandom university, the other podcast mm-hmm. I co-host with my very good friend, Sean Hamill. Uh, right now we are talking about the Halloween movies, Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. Yes. We just dropped an episode about uh, Halloween one, Halloween two and H two O. And we'll be discussing the brand new movies as well in the future, including the one that comes out next month. We're very excited about that. Yes. Well, for me, I have time to talk about your 8,000 shows now. <laughs> I have a lot going on. So we'll start with the D&D related. Um, we have uh, another podcast, the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, which is a comedy live play 5e D&D podcast where you can listen to a full cast of people uh, commit to absolute uh, ridiculousness the entire way through, and it is just, it's just hilarious. You'll have to check it out. Um, we also have the Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries, where we play the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu uh, live play game. Um, if you're into spooky, mysterious, and monsters, that's the one for you. We also have the Cyberpunked, uh, Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast, um, where I am a player in that one as well. Um, it's a root and shoot and good time if you love your Cyberpunk. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot yeah. of fun. They're all a lot of fun. They are. But I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I like the, I like uh, Call of Cthulhu's is, I mean, I love Dun- Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. but, you know, the horror aspect of Call of Cthulhu really, uh, really speaks to me. Um, but I like the characters that you that you guys have created in Cyberpunk the best. Mm-hmm. They are just saying a lot because <laughs> all the characters are 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 a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and our final podcast, um, 
is the Resident Evil lore cast, which I do with my co-hosts, Ariel and Daniel. Um, and we dive deep into the lore and the mythos of the Resident Evil franchise. Very so, cool stuff. Yes, we've got a lot. <laughs> a lot of stuff and more to come. And more to come, yes. Stay tuned. Next month, we may have a, a new show to announce to you all. <gasps> Huzzah. Huzzah. But on that note, let us dive out of the wonderful 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 dive world. out how does one dive out let me demonstrate <laughs> <laughs> but we will see you all next time on the dungeon dragons lorecast thanks for joining thank you so much for listening Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hello, gentle listener. Every Friday, be sure to tune in. To what the a- hell are you oh. doing, Ampersand? <laughs> Hi, Charlie. I'm sorry I broke in. I thought I was the only one to talk to myself. Well, I'm letting everyone know about the Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit. It's a 5e live play podcast. Join us every week. Where do we find it, you old crusty coot? Uh, anywhere you can get all your podcasts. Woo-hoo! You'll find it every Friday, you stupid cat! <laughs> Hello there. This is Mr. Tittles. Coming to invite you to join us on the Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries. A live play Call of Cthulhu podcast where we explore the dark, dangerous, unmysterious aspects of the mythos. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hope to see you soon. <laughs>